going to VAR. They're checking. <laughs> hey, Connie. Check complete. Let's head over to the bar. The bar. Yes, 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 yes. Bank holiday weekend, carnival weekend, but pots still are gone. My name is Andrew, aka Rapping Drew, and I'm joined by my homie Jake, aka What's Mr. YZ. How we doing, man? Oh, we're all good, man. We're all good. I feel like we are the bank holiday duo of this podcast. Whenever yeah. it comes round, we make yeah, we make sure we make sure we're local, man. But it's, it, it can mean two things, right? We we're boring. We don't have any motives to go to, or <laughs> we're just committed to the course. And I think I think it's a lot, to be honest. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm not I'm not entertaining talk of the first one at all. <laughs> Facts. Uh, yeah, man. All right, let's start with a couple of news. Um, news. I mean, big talking points this week. And I think from a Liverpool perspective, Al Itter had is that is that how you say it? L or is it L or Al? I, I, I go Al. Al, yeah. Al Itihad. Um, they seemingly got still got bread to spend after signing Fabinho, I think, Kante, yep. Yep. Benzema. Um, they're showing concrete interest in Mohamed Salah. Um, what are the numbers that, that's been what, what are the numbers that they're throwing about, Jake? I've, I've seen a hundred million transfer fee mm-hmm. and then something stupid like a 400 million contract. Is yeah. that, I mean, the, the Se- thing second is, highest, uh, second highest contract next to Ronaldo, right? Or close to yeah. it, something like that. Um, I mean, that, that that is the thing with Saudi, like the numbers you could, you could say a billion <laughs> and I'd legitimately think that's what, like I'd see that and go, yeah, that's not out of this realm. Yeah, for Saudi at all. So, um, yeah, I mean, I I get it. Like, you you look at the whole Saudi project; it makes sense. I think Mo Salah, especially, like, he's the world's yeah. most famous Muslim footballer. So, yeah. from that cultural aspect, he makes complete sense. As a footballer, he's still very much within his peak. He yeah. is still an like, if he's not the best attacker in the Premier League, he's top three, and that's probably putting it lightly. Yeah. Um. So. I, I get it completely from a Saudi perspective. I think Liverpool, if they were to sell with a week left in the window, that's, to me, from FSG, sends out a clear message that, yeah, this week, this year, just just retire. It, just go yeah. home, lads. Yeah, like, away. like, season ticket holders, just go, like, let someone else go watch the games this year because there's not going to be a vintage season. Um... I mean, what do you think, Drew? Because, like I say, I I don't think it's the right move personally. Yeah, that, yeah, I think with a one with a, with one week left of the window, it would be suicide from a Liverpool perspective. No matter how much money they throw at it. However, um, if if the if they decide to do it and, and the figure is anything above hundred mil, I'll be disappointed, but I wouldn't be super mad. I'm never gonna lie, because you know. I mean, yeah. at the same time, it's Liverpool, right? We're not like a Chelsea that reinvests immediately now. So at the end of the day, they might stick that 80 million in their pockets and give Klopp 20. But yeah, at the same time, if we get like 100 mil for a player that's 31 years old, um, he's still very much at his peak. I still think he's still got two, three years still at the top of his game left. Uh, but if he has to go, he has to go, man. At the end of the day, I think it depends on Salah. If he really wants to kick... And if we could get 100 mil plus for him, then let, let's 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 all let's all say goodbye to each other, man. I'm not I'm not one of them um, um, fans that hold 
players to you know what I mean since Fernando yeah. Torres I've learned my lesson man I've learned my lesson <laughs> since Fernando Torres and even yeah. with Coutinho when he was at his peak I said if we get the right amount of money he can kick us all I don't care so and that money we did reinvest really well so we used to say that with Salah we might not do it the only problem is there's no elite right wingers left like that left in the game there's still a few of course but they are far from available obviously the obvious one that I'm looking at is Bukayo Saka my dog but he just in a five-year max contract. Uh, Arsenal are looking good at the moment. So you get me? So he, yeah, he's, he's definitely unavailable. Then you've got Rodrigo as well. Um, who else? I can't um, think any, anyone elite, elite like that. Yeah, because, I mean, so you, you look in-house at Liverpool at the minute, it probably means that Darwin would be starting a lot more because yeah. him and him and Salah aren't the cleanest fit at the moment. I think it, they've probably worked on it a bit more than what it was last year. It means probably Hotter and Gakpo shoveling out to the right a bit more, Ugh. which I don't like either. That Gakpo, you could, man. Ugh. Yeah. I'm not a fan. You could, you could put Harvey Elliott further forward. Now, that would mm. be a bit more interesting, but I don't mm-hmm. think the ceiling's there. Like, yeah. Because this is the problem that everyone's going to have. Whoever replaces Mo Salah, whether it's this summer or next, is that you're Bring the goals. Bring the yeah. goals, B. And even the names that I mentioned, Saka and Rodrigo, they don't, they're not consistent no. 20 goals, <laughs> score, 20 goals yeah. a season scorer. So it's, yeah, it's got to be difficult, man. So you, you'd have to tweak the system to replace Salah, I guess. But yeah, I think, yeah, it's even less that. It's just the fact that, like, you walk into that. You you don't have to take his number. You don't have to take his p- literal position. But whoever ends up in the same spots that Mo Salah does, or who is the newer name in that front line, mm. becomes Salah's replacement. And that is that is unfortunately the person that you look at and go, "All right, where are my thirty goals? Where are exactly. my forty yeah. goal contributions over the year?" And it will be com- incredibly unfair. And yeah. like I I look at elite attackers, the only one that I see that is quote unquote un- available is Kolo Moani and Kolo Moani is not a right winger. I think he is a superb striker and he, I hate the phrase, but he could do a job Mm -hmm. at right wing, but I agree, man. I like, I like him as well. I think he's, he can play across the front three, but he's very close to going to PSG as well. So yeah, exactly. So, and then you sort of sit there and go, right, well, I'm going to make you my elite signing and I'm not going to play you in your best position. Yeah, exactly. Like that, it just you're already getting uncomfortable, especially at that level of money. So, yeah, I I think Liverpool. If I'm in Klopp's, if I'm in Georgie's, because I can't pronounce his second name, um, his <laughs> FSG's, I'm going next to season. Mo. Like I'm doing the Hazard. I'm doing the CR7, where it's like just give us a year. Yeah, give us another year. We can sort ourselves out, and then we can properly attack this in the summer. And we can organise and get you get you gone if that's the way it comes to. Like I, w- I wouldn't be, I almost wouldn't really let anything happen or just stay silent unless Salah agitates for a move. Yeah, like exactly. make Salah make that first move because I think that's almost like a PR battle you then have to win. Because, mm-hmm. like you say, if if Salah wants out, and it's legitimate. It's like, well, yeah, you've been a great club servant. Wish all yeah. the best, handshakes, blah blah blah. I but think the moment you just push, yeah. Him out, I think if fight. that happens, if that happens, then the club will let him go because I think Klopp. It's not with the if you don't want to. He, he he's not with like keeping players that don't want to be here. You've seen yeah. that with Henderson. He he's the last one to push Henderson out. So even that was very surprising to see Fabinho as well. So I think both of them even went to club and said like, "Yo, and we're getting life changing money. We need to kick 
and Klopp just sanctioned it. So I think, yeah, the ball's in Salah's court and if he steps into um, the gaffer's office Monday and says, yo, I'm getting life-changing money, I want to go, then, yeah. I've, I think even with a week left to go, Klopp will, Klopp will sanction it, man, because, yeah, he's, he, I think he's one of those managers that's not about that unhappy dressing room life. Yeah. So. Which, I, which I get, which I get, but that, yeah, that would... It'll be suicide, man. But we move, man. <laughs> we move. Um, yeah, let's move over to another topic that dominated. Obviously, last week uh, we alluded it. We alluded to it a little bit. Obviously, the Spain's women's football team they won the World Cup. But obviously, other things dominated. Obviously, the misogynistic. Am I saying it right? Misogynistic. Misogynistic. Yeah, misogynistic. Um, um, manager that they have, uh, but also that the um, the Spanish football, the the president of the Spanish Football Federation, uh, yep. kissed Jenny Hermoso uh, on her lips, and we was kind of like joking about it. But um, now, now they're saying that the FA, they're saying that they will take necessary legal action against female players protesting over um, his name is Luis Rubiales kiss scandal. What do you think about that? So, I, firstly, I feel very sorry for the winners of the World Cup. Like, they already had enough drama going into it. We discussed a little bit about how, like, 15 players wrote a letter saying they didn't want to play under the coach. The FA backed the coach, which is a very strange scenario. Normally, player power wins out in that one. But um, some came back, some that stayed at home. And fighting for all that drama to then win the World Cup in spite of their manager and their federation. Mm -hmm. Terrific achievement. And they were genuinely superb, especially in that final. Like When we talk about managers like Pep who want control of a game, that's what they want to see. Like Spain controlled that game beautifully. So mm -hmm. all credit to them. And all that's been spoken about since then has been the actions of Rubiales. And it's disgusting from him. Like He is a stain on football at the yeah. moment and he needs to be removed imminently now fifa have surprisingly actually done something positive in that they have stepped in and banned him for 90 days oh wow okay. yeah but that still doesn't actually technically resolve anything because they can't force him from his position only the federation can it's not even a political thing so politicians in spain have got involved but even they're saying like with elections that have happened that that could actually their decision could be in jeopardy depending on the results of them. Mm -hmm. um, the Spanish FA has completely backed him. So Rubiales, what he did he, on Friday, he was supposed to resign. That's what all the briefings were on Twitter. Um, Rubiales before Friday removed all bar one of the vice presidents. <laughs> and he came out and said, I'm not resigning. I'm not resigning. I'm not resigning. I'm not resigning. Continually repeated it. He offered the head coach, who, as we've just discussed, is a new contract as well. Yep. For the highest paid women's coach ever. Jesus Christ. Yep. And so he is, it is truly awful. Like Jenny Hermoso's come out with a full statement saying that the statement given on her behalf from the Federation is not her words that she um was consenting she never consented to the kiss mm -hmm. the spanish fa have come out and said well look at all these pictures like analyzing her body language saying yep she was actually up for that kiss 
<laughs> meanwhile, um, meanwhile, Donnie grabbed grabbed her head. You know, <laughs> like she couldn't move anywhere. <laughs> if you look honestly, at the actual kids, it's funny. It's disgusting. Uh, and like, this is the man as well that when celebrating, I can't remember if it was the goal or the win itself. Mm. While sat next to the Queen and her 16-year-old daughter, the Queen of Spain, mm-hmm. is grabbing his crotch in celebration. Like, oh my lord! Yeah, th- he's a disgusting man. Like he has truly dug in. He he needs to be removed. And now I think Spain, like I think 83 of the top women's players have now gone. We're not playing again unless him and the coach are now removed. So. Like this, this only ends in one way. He will leave. Like there is no way, yeah, no way that they man. will continue to hold on to him. He will have to go, and but it's just a shame that he's had to go this far, essentially it, yeah. because you've just like say like you've won the World Cup, man. Yeah, and this is won- like the big news. Yeah, we should be seeing open top parades. Mm. We haven't seen that. We should be seeing like genuine joy and mm-hmm. like big ratings for Spanish women's football. Mm-hmm. And instead, no, we're talking about a man who has made it all about him despite not contributing to the success of this at all. He it's just complete grandstanding and like I say I, f- I feel sorry for the Spanish women's team more than anything because they should be able to sit there and enjoy their amazing achievement it's not every day you go out and win a world cup mm-hmm. uh, despite everything they've been against so yeah i feel it is it's sad the way it's gone i think but the um it will get there i think i can't remember who it was exactly in spanish football but they've said like we're ready for this to be our me too movement like this is something mm-hmm. that we need to step up and make sure there are there is system- systemic change yeah to avoid this happening again so yeah, yeah, yeah. i agree hopefully man. They, some good comes out of it yeah i agree man they really need to stamp their authority and, and and make a big case out of it i don't know what the how how it's been experienced in spain itself but um yeah man or yeah, even like nuts. marker came out like and marker being one of the biggest publications in spain like but essentially real madrid's mouthpiece they went mm-hmm. out and said he is an embarrassment like that that's major like yeah. when you've got someone like that against you how he's held on for this long i'm actually surprised i'm genuinely surprised he has has any of those male spanish footballers said um, anything xavi in his press conference said that he was with the women's team that mm-hmm. he he did not like the conduct whatsoever rubiales mm-hmm. and wanted it to be resolved um de la fuente who is the spanish men's head coach he were, he was a lot more diplomatic, which I think given his position probably makes sense, saying mm-hmm. that like he just wants he wants the relative the relevant, sorry, people to make the correct decisions regarding his conduct. So sort of like, yeah, you gave me the job, I don't want to throw you under the bus, but you were <laughs> in the like towing yeah. that line very well. So yeah, it is like the only people that were really for Rubiales, like during his press conference, he sort of stacked it out with people that were like applauding it, but it looked really awkward as if like they were told to. Like they're at a showing of a comedy show and they've got like the things going, applause, go for it, lads. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it's um yeah, I, I I think he does go very soon. I hope he does, because it, we shouldn't have to keep talking about him. We should be able to celebrate the achievement, not deride the embarrassment of what he's brought. Exactly, man. Exactly. Well said. Um, hope they, they saw it out, man. Um, right. Um, let's, let's get on with the shits, man, because obviously another game week of Premier League football. Uh, but we'll start with Monday. 
Last game of game week two, we had Crystal Palace v Arsenal um, in South London, of course. Arsenal won that game with 1-0. Martin Odegaard with the only goal. Um, yeah. How was that? How was... how? I can't even remember that game. How was that game? Um, so, Arteta is continuing this system of party at right back white uh, like right center back so Pio invert Saliba just sort of stranded on his own and then not playing Gabriel and um it, it was scrappy as far as I'm concerned like Arsenal's new system just isn't flowing isn't gelling at yeah. the moment I mean we'll talk about it a bit more as well in that other game but Kai Havertz watch like I defended <laughs> that man for three years right and all I'm going to say is, Tabs, good luck, pal, because now <laughs> that's your job. That is, he is looking bad. Yeah, um, but I think someone that I really I want to focus on a bit that's had a bit of a slower start is Martinelli. Mm-hmm. Now, Martinelli, 15 goals in the Premier last season, utterly impressive. Like, And you can tell, like, 1v1, I think he's a fantastic player. But he's had a bit of a slow start. Yeah. And it's almost linked to like Gabby Jesus. Like when Gabby Jesus is in the team, he's a completely different player. Whereas yeah. when it's in Ketia up top, he's not feeling it. <laughs> it. It goes from very good to just like above average, I'd say. Mm. And I'd, I don't know. Like, I, I think that game. I think he's still threatening. He still does what he does. Like you said, in the 1v1s, he still beats his man more time than not. But I think. The end product, I think that's what it is. Like his decision making, the end product, that's what he's that's what he's yeah. lacking at the moment. It's not having his head up at all times. But yeah. it will it will come, man. He's yeah, he's good, man. But I really yeah. like him, man. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Like there's like it's, it's not a I don't think a massive criticism of him. I think it's just a case of like it's just he obviously just has such an innate connection with Gabby Jesus, and that works yeah. incredibly to his credit. It's just when he's not in the team, which Gary Zeus has recently been a bit injury prone, I think it's a bit unlucky as well. But you need to be able to work that because he is the first guy coming off. Like yeah. I'm looking at it in that Odegaard and Saka are pretty nailed on. And Ketia, well, once Jesus comes back in and Ketia will be his replacement. And Martinelli always gets subs off for the only Leo that Toast acknowledges. Mm-hmm. Um so he's almost seen as like the what's the word here like when Arteta needs a change he's the one that's going to come off yeah. so it's not which to be fair when you p- compared against Bakayo Saka and Martin Odegaard is not exactly the worst thing in the world no of course but not. um we'll have to see I mean to be fair this game was also dominated by the fact that Tommy Yasu got sent off and yeah that... they were soft yellows very soft yellows but yeah the first it, one was for time wasting when he wasn't really time wasting. It was it Martinelli, was bit... isn't it? That was time yeah. wasting the most. Yeah, exactly. That was funny. And the second one was just like that brush with Jordan Ayew that mm-hmm. because you're on a yellow, you can't get away with it sort of yellow. But at the same time, it's sort of like, like I saw people questioning, it's like, why can't VAR check this? It's like, well, if you're asking VAR to check every yellow, we're never going to finish a game of football. Yeah. But, and also like what what was what was um um yeah so obviously since that that uh when arsenal received that red card uh that's when palace started to apply pressure upon pressure mm. upon pressure and arsenal did really well to stand their ground eventually they brought on i think zinchenko and who else they brought on 
Gabriel, which yeah. that why he's been dropped now. That, yeah, like, that's, that's weird. That's strange. Man. That's that weird. Is... I don't know what he's trying to do, but I think I said I said in a group chat as well. Like I think I think the guy is just maybe feeling himself. He just wants to be wants to show that he's tactically flexible. That Arsenal can do a lot, can do other things. Um, doesn't want to be too predictable, which I get. But I think like Arsenal are not there yet. Arsenal are still. You're still that team that just play your best players <laughs> in yeah. your best system and get get your dubs, man, like you did last season. You get me? So I agree. It, it, yeah, they've, they've they've started the season reasonably well in terms of like getting the points, but performance wise, it's it's the shadow of last season, man. But we'll see. We'll see what happens going it's forward. Gonna, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think they are going to be very interesting when it gets to the Champions League because. Europa League, they obviously dealt with very well up until mm-hmm. the knockout stage against Sporting. But like, so they're used to the grind. It's not necessarily the fitness point of it, but especially when you're trying to implement new tactics yeah. and they're not going that well, how steadfast is Arteta going to be? Is yeah. it going to get to the Champions League and you're playing every three days mm-hmm. and he sort of goes, do you know what? I'm going to revert back to what I w- we were doing very well at mm-hmm. or... Is he going to persevere and get through these knocks? It's an interesting decision. Well, what what he's what he's saying is he's basically saying um, that he's preserving um, Gab- uh, Gabriel, so it's not really like a oh Gabriel shit or whatever. But it's just Gabriel has played a lot of minutes um, last season, and he's just trying to manage his minutes um, because obviously this upcoming season will be will be grueling for them. So that's that's his explanation at the moment. Uh, but yeah, smells low key, man. Low key. Smells. All right, then we go to the Friday night game. Um, Luton didn't play last week. Uh, stadium, stadium still being rebuilt. So they uh, Chelsea welcomed them at the bridge. Now, Jake, help me here, man, because when was the last time you won at the bridge? I want to say April, but it might be March in the league. March, March, April, something like that in the league. Yep. Um. And was that also your your? Uh, but you've you've scored in at the bridge, right? Yeah, yeah, Since, yeah. We, oh, so oh, so it's just a dub. Yeah, but okay. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll <laughs> You'll take, take it. it. <laughs> um, oh. Raheem Sterling, two goals. Uh, Raheem Sterling is Oof. picking up where he's left from from when he left Liverpool in two thousand and I don't know. No, I'm joking. <laughs> nah, but he's looking really good, and obviously Nico Jackson finally being rewarded. Um, with a goal at the bridge around the same time, DJ Drogba scored his first goal for Chelsea as well. Mm-hmm. So obviously, what does that say, man? So I was, I tell you what, I was on edge until we got that second goal. I was on edge. Like I, it's just because like I said, like I haven't seen our team win this season. I hadn't seen our team win at home since April. So even against Luton, which I agree. It should obviously be a game that Chelsea win. It was not comfy until Raheem scored that second. But, um, Mm -hmm. I mean, we have to talk about the main man. He was absolutely fantastic. Like, he started the season on fire. I think, like, he said it himself. He's having a lot of direct conversations with Pochettino about his role, and he seems a lot clearer. Mm -hmm. He's not having to play left wing back against Salzburg anymore. (laughs) Um, And his explanation for the goal, his first one, where he took on three looting defenders before slotting it in the back at, with his left foot in the back post was fantastic. He was basically saying how he what he wasn't taking on any, anybody on that like he was just in the pockets of spaces and he just didn't have any confidence. Well, not any confidence, but he just didn't feel like he had that edge to him. So he tells Gusto, "You go inside. I'm gonna go out and get me an opportunity 
first opportunity he gets, he's putting three defenders out of the game and a lovely finish, and that's 1-0. So he was absolutely fantastic. He's so direct at the moment. Mm-hmm. The ball looks like it's sticking to his feet. Mm-hmm. And I think he's really relishing because you can argue for the first time in his career, this is the first time he's really had to lead an attack. Yep. Like at Liverpool, he obviously had Suarez and Sturridge to lean on. He was a lot in his youth. Then at City, he's never really been the main man. You've had Aguero, you've had De Bruyne, you've had David Silva, all these fantastic players to play off and with. So he never needs to be the main man. He's like now here, one of the most experienced. and Yeah, he's the second oldest outfielder in yeah. our team. And he's 28. He's in his prime. Like, So I'm I'm really excited to see this. I'm really happy for him because I've always liked Raheem Sterling. Like, you always see the bad press about him, which is completely unfair. All the lies that get propagated about him. So to see him genuinely enjoying his football and taking up that mantle and in relishing it as well, absolutely fantastic so all credit to him uh nico jackson like you said that tinier trogba comp i saw that and i just went oh god we're not doing this yet i want to <laughs> but i'm not but like he looked lively i thought it was probably his worst game of the season but he's still again he's like raheem i think this whole team what potch is doing we are a lot more direct mm-hmm. with our play and that's not a sean dyche boot it over the top direct it's just no. get the ball and dribble at people yeah. and start inspiring some fear and he was definitely toiling in the first half but second half he was just getting shots away getting shots away then Raheem puts it on the plate like I think literally like us two and Shalom were talking in the group chat about five minutes beforehand being like do we start to get worried about him because he can't score against Lou and I was <laughs> yeah. like as soon as I put it she's like right okay we can calm down now it was a nicely taken finish like he was in the position where he you want your striker to be just attacking the six yard box get something on the end of it, make the keeper pull off a save. Obviously, it's not even that, man. He works so hard for the so rest of the team. Hard. Off the balls, uh, one-twos. He, his hold-up play is surprisingly good for like a very mm. skinny guy. Like he's, yeah. he's so strong and he collects the ball on the half turn. Mate, like, nah, I'm not worried about him at all. At all. Nah. It, his hold-up play reminds me a bit of Giroud when it comes to Hazard, like just like the little flicks around the corner yeah, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. But he he generally looks, yeah, really good. Um, Conor Gallagher, my standing is really on point at the minute. I'm absolutely you're, you're, In my opinion, you're best player out of these three games so far, man. He, do you know what? This is the thing. It's like, him and Sterling. Chelsea Twitter wants him gone. And it's the same with all the Cobbin grads. Like we want to buy in people. And I'm just sat there. And it's like, Conor Gallagher is a good footballer, full stop. Like, he does everything legitimately to a good Premier League level. He doesn't have a weakness in his game. He may not have a standout strength, mm-hmm. but he is just a well-designed, good footballer. Good and, to have. Good to have in your yeah. in, in your eleven, especially even. Like, exactly. Exactly. Like, works incredibly hard. Like, there were times where he was just covering the correct spaces, like those little things. Like, he wins second balls. It's not the stuff, like, shows up in the stats per se, mm-hmm. but it's just, yeah, and... The thing when you have academy grads, like you see it with Trent yourself, like they care that little bit more, like they because that is their life. Like Conor Gallagher is a Chelsea fan, his family are Chelsea fans. Like we, you see these rumors where he's like, oh yeah, he's going to go to Tottenham. It's like it's bad <laughs> enough going from Chelsea Tottenham and vice versa, but when you're a legitimate fan of either club moving, yeah, like, it's it's peak. not on. So. By all accounts, it looks like he's going to be staying. I think we're going to be a lot better for it. Um, 
Enzo's class on grass, like that, that mm. kid's got it. Like he's just, he's always angry at people when they don't do stuff correctly. And I really like it mm-hmm. because he will get the ball and do it correctly. So it's like, you've got it. Um, but my other point, I think my main point from this game, and I almost feel weird saying it. I think Thiago Silva needs to get benched and he had an impressive game against Luton, but our left winger at the moment is Ben Chilwell. Mm-hmm. I love Ben Chilwell. He's not a left winger. He's a left back. Mm-hmm. There is a difference. And our system at the moment feels like we're trying to create one-on-one opportunities for both Sterling and Chilwell. Sterling mm-hmm. makes sense. Him dribbling at people one-on-one will inspire fear. Ben Chilwell won't. Like He had that opportunity where he ran through clean on goal. Yeah, that was weird. Squared it. He squared yeah. it. That was so mad. But I was happy though. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> FPL points. Yeah, FPL points. Else. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, even he said afterwards, like it's shooting practice for me. But that's the decision making of Bro. a defender. It's like... But I don't, I don't know, man. Because Ben Chilwell, he's been in that position, not like that. But whenever yeah. he's in the box, he's he's pulled the trigger. So that was weird to me, to be honest. Yeah, it, it was, looked like it match was fixing very... him. <laughs> 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 he just didn't want to put it against that keeper. He's obviously good mates with him. Uh, yeah. No, but like, I I think this system needs to pull Ben back. And when you go four at the back, Thiago Silva cannot cover that space. He needs a lot of protection, which I get. He's a 39-year-old man. He's but is it, is it, is, 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 isn't, isn't um, who's on Raheem's side? Dezazi, right? And Levi yeah, Cole? Yeah, you've got Dezazi. So it's, we've got, it's almost like a four-in possession. Mm-hmm. So you've got Levi playing left back slash left centre back. Yeah. Then you've got Silva tucking in, and then you've got Dezazi. But it does mean that Levi and Dezassi cover a lot of ground anyways, yeah. whereas I would prefer to just have an actual winger. Like, don't get me wrong, I don't think Mudrick's very good at the moment, but I'd rather be able to try and create one-on-one opportunities for him to dribble at people. Yeah, then chill while, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, exactly. But we'll see. Like, I I think we'll evolve as we go through the, the year, especially as we get, like, more defensive reinforcements back from injury because like we've got nine people out injured at the moment like mm. you've you've got to manage that anyways so if Thiago Silva has to play well then yeah you have to work around that so but yeah like I can't complain it's a free nil win like it's it's good to see my team play very well and I have been excited by the start of the season obviously the West Ham game was a setback but we still played well in that so I think it's just about maintaining momentum especially as like our fixture run coming up is very kind yeah yeah just collect the three points to keep a stepping, man. But I feel I think like uh, performance-wise, you've been, you've played well in all three mm. games, to be honest. So much to look forward to. All right, um, let's go to the morning game then on Saturday, which was Bournemouth v Spurs. Um, Spurs with an impressive two-nil win in a very tight game. I think. I think yeah. Bournemouth again. They they play they play some good football, man, under this new manager, but. They're just missing that little bit of quality that uh, Spurs do have. And mm. um, yeah, I think Spurs, man, I'm pleasantly surprised and I'm enjoying watching Spurs. <laughs> I said yeah. that since they had your manager, even in his, yeah. fir- in his first two seasons. But yeah, what do you think, man? Especially their midfield. Let's talk about their midfield three because their midfield three can rival any midfield three in the league, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think Big Ange... I like big Ange is good for football full stop <laughs> like yeah he, like his experiences of going for Australian football and Japanese football and then like with Celtic like he's he's taken a, a different path to a lot of elite coaches 
like people keep on saying like he's nicked the inverted fullback thing from peps like well no andrew was doing that 20 years ago in bloody australia so let's not (laughs) make these lazy comparisons and he 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 made that comparison himself (laughs) on tnt but um overall like yeah i hate it that spurs are fun to watch but they are legitimately fun to watch like that midfield three like say like eve basuma is playing like peak Brighton, Eve mm-hmm. Pesuma, he looks mm-hmm. fantastic. Pape Sar oh. is a true box-to-box midfielder at the moment. Yeah. He's popping up everywhere. The energy is fantastic. Then you've got Madison who... Pulling strings, we, man. Yeah, like because you've got those two destroyers behind you... It makes so like much sense to have... Sorry to cut you, man, but yeah. I, I'm just getting gas talking about this team. But it makes so much sense to have a Madison there, man. And they've done well to get Madison without much challenge i don't know who else was in for him but there was no one there was there was legitimately no one they just i think because they they knew he was going to be available and they i think they just worked on it early it's like what something like liverpool with mccallister for example like mccallister should not have went for 35 million but because liverpool was so far ahead in the race and got their shit done early they didn't have to worry about mm. about Max. Same as Spurs with Madison. And it's a terrific sign. And then the thing is, like we're talking about an exciting Spurs side. Their front three is legitimately not playing well at the moment. Perhaps, like Richarlison yeah. is somehow Brazil's number nine, but is nowhere. Like <laughs> I think his link up plays be nice and dropping back, but look going towards goal, he has not been good. Son Hyung Min is a ghost at the mm-hmm. moment, I think. He's getting these opportunities and he looks almost like a deer in headlights. He's yeah. not, he's very unsure. And Kulisevsky, he did I mean, score. He, scored, he did score, not... but that's not his role. Like, yeah. And once wingers that hold that width wide and then take their man on one-on-one. Like if you put Mitama in this team, my God, he would eat. Mm. Doesn't matter which wing you put on him on, he would eat. Kulisevsky, that's not his game. You're having to generate a lot more space for him for that to work. But that means a lot more work for Saar and Basuma. And at the minute, it's working fine. But they are square pegs and round holes. Now, will they address that in the next week? I mean, it's Spurs and Daniel Levy in the market. So probably not. <laughs> but overall, yeah, Ange's he's that, doing the, that Udogi like, fella as well. The, oh, God. My dad was so happy I put him in his FVL team for him <laughs> this week. Um, but yeah, like. And I said it last week, Spurs are benefiting from a manager that wants to manage Spurs. He doesn't mm. feel like he's doing Spurs a favour. He's not obviously there just for the cash. He is there because he wants to do a good job. Yeah. Full stop. And he is. He is legitimately making them play very, very well. Yeah. And I hope it stops immediately. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I, I genuinely like Big Ange. I think he is good for football. Yeah, man. Shout out Big Ange, shout out Spurs. Let's go over to the North London rivals, um, Arsenal, <clears throat> who drew against um, Fulham 2-2, which, yeah, this game had a lot of talking points, to be honest. Uh, obviously, let's let's start with the first talk. Let's talk briefly about, with the first talking point, which was the goal. Uh, sloppy back pass from Bukayo Saka. I don't know what he was thinking there, but yeah. I don't know where Ramsdale... <laughs> I don't know where Ramsdale was going, where he was standing. If you thought, I don't know what he was doing. But even so, that shot from um, what's his name? Andreas. Andreas. That even looked match fixing to me because th- that guy didn't look like he wanted to score that. 
no, that that was a chip gone horrible. Fam, like what, like what was he doing? Like, it pissed me off, but he managed to score that goal. Um, quick question: Whose fault was that? Sackers for me. Yeah, I, I I think that is a start of the game lazy back pass. Also, I think I was reading somewhere where like Arsenal have conceded in the first minute like three of their last eight Premier League games at home, like right? That. At yeah, home, whereas, yeah. What Alcaraz from Southampton? Um, oh, who was the other one? I can't remember. It doesn't matter. But like, <laughs> it, yeah, that's that's an incredibly lazy back pass. Like Ramsdale's obviously quite high up, so that he can be involved in build up and be that eleventh outfielder. Mm-hmm. So. I think that's a very awkward situation. Like Tosin's put his first strike against him. We're on Raya watch officially now. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and but, I, I think yeah. I think with Ramsdale, yeah, I think like I've been um, upon signing for Arsenal. I was very surprised that Arsenal went for him. But yeah. last season, he's he's for me personally, he's proved that he's a very very solid goalkeeper. Is he world class? No. But is he like a solid prem goalkeeper? Like even like at Fulham's end, Burn Leno, I think he's a very solid keeper as well. Like he's been brilliant since and, he moved to Fulham, and he's an old Arsenal keeper. So yeah, I think. Um, but yeah, Ramsdale has these little things, and I understand why um, Arsenal fans get frustrated with him. That just piss you off, man. And that was one of those moments for sure. Where even with that sloppy back pass, if he was just positioned right, you could have probably dealt with that. Yeah. Um, and then. The one all. So Saka goes into kind of a one-on-one battle with um, Calvin Bassey and he kind of pulls his arm down and Calvin Bassey yeah. goes down and then whatever happens, the actions continues um, and Ketia slots it in. No, no, no. What's that? No, no, no. What happened first? The penalty happened first. The, the penalty happened first. All right, rescue <laughs> Sorry, the penalty happened first. Kenny Tate. Sorry. Kenny Tate. What? the hell were you thinking because Diop was there ready to deal with that what the hell was he thinking he wasn't (laughs) I'm sure of it like I I think Kenny Tete is a pretty good one-on-one defender very good like and that that's just a head loss at that Mm -hmm. moment I think that is a check his slips man can't lie yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) because that didn't make sense to me but yeah, he was, it, it, it was a mistake. Like, you don't go to ground in the penalty box unless you absolutely know you're winning that ball. Mm-hmm. He didn't know he was winning that ball, but he did it anyways. <laughs> he, was, he, thought he, he was beat, but like you say, Diop's there. Like, there is coverage and it's a mistake. But that allowed Arsenal to get back in the game. Saka okay. back on pens. So mm-hmm. for you FPL merchants, that's a very good thing for most of you. <laughs> um, but yeah, like... It got him in, and then obviously, like you say, the second goal. So I'm going to say this: Arsenal had every right to play on. Like, I'm not nah, for sure. But my main thing was: was it a foul? Should that have been pulled back? I would say no. I think you're very much just in a like. If they got, uh, we'll put it this way: the referee didn't give it. It's not a clear and obvious error. That's mm-hmm. how VAR should should work. In that, it is a duel. Yes, Sack is pulling on him, but Bassi's pulling on him as well. It happens so many times during football games. If you, there's going to be no form of consistency for those type of actions that a referee could give, it would yeah. literally just be one, te- one team, one team, and you just keep bouncing off each team. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's a foul. And then Arsenal have every right to play on. They score the goal. They go 2-1 up. Everyone thinks they're going to win. And then they don't. <laughs> okay, they don't. So obviously before that... Um, Calvin Bassey, the basket that he is. Out of all the exports that Ajax have done this season, Calvin Bassey was the only one that they genuinely pushed out because of 
reasons like this. This red, co this yep. second yellow was just dumb. I know Enketia beat you, but again, Issa Don't Diop. And and if you and if you look at both these got like replays here, you can see Issa Diop's face every single time. Like, yeah. why, why, <laughs> why? why? You abandon me. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, that was that was a head loss. So obviously, Fulham were with ten men. So it looked like you know Arsenal at home, two one up. Arsenal will see the game out. Paulinho scores from a corner. He was completely free. Um, I don't know how that happened. And Arsenal ended up drawing this game. Um, now, this is my question to you, Jake. What does that... Can we read anything into this? Or... It's definitely <laughs> the sort of game that Arsenal win last season. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know what why that's different. Maybe it's just a case of like almost luck or variance at this point but they definitely see that out like but as a top team at home 2-1 yeah, with yeah. like 12 minutes to go it's similar to like we're gonna talk about Newcastle to be honest but yep. it, it's lesser opposition at least yep no come th on th I didn't say, like <laughs> Fulham first two games look dreadful like they were lucky to yep. win against Everton then they got absolutely smashed versus who did they get smashed by I need to have a look at that but like they've played awfully um, they got beat Brentford. 3 0 at home by Brentford. Yeah. Like, so the, Arsenal should have won that. It is a disappointing draw, to say the least, when you're 2 1 up and you're conceding to Paulinho, who was the man of the match for absolutely fantastic. He was a magnet to that ball, mm -hmm. but he wasn't the man of the match for scoring a goal. He's not known for scoring a goal. And it looked like very lax marking at the corner. And you are carrying, like, I'm right, we'll go into it now. Kai Havertz. He was <laughs> rubbish in that game. Like, you're playing him at centre mid. Like, even Frank Lampard had the tactical act acumen to look at Kai Havertz, who he, he had just bought for 80 million, and go, Yeah, I played you once at centre mid. That's not it. We need to <laughs> put you up further forward. And, like, he just. He looked like you look at him statistically, and it's like, Oh, yeah, 20 out of 22 passes completed, stuff like that. But then you see he constantly goes backwards. There are balls that go across the six yard box that he is there to take on and doesn't have that instinct to kick it in yeah. and to burst his ass off to get there. So like we're, we're, we are, we are on King Kai watch. Like he is mm -hmm. the highest paid player in that Arsenal squad by a long shot. And I think you said it like his role, his best role at the minute would be to be as a sub, like when you're chasing a goal. And it's like, that ain't happening. Yeah. They paid 65 million pound for him. He's the highest paid player. He will start every match. That is an Arteta signing like no other mm -hmm. that needs to result in a Success. positive thing for wins. Mm -hmm. But do I see the way he's playing at the moment? I don't see that happening. Like he almost looks like it's a computer playing football, but <laughs> he, he just makes like, yeah, it's like <laughs> regimented decisions. There's no fluidity to him. Wait, oh god, this feels so weird getting all this off my chest. Like after Damn. three years of watching it, this is therapy. All right, man, Kai Havertz to be continued. You're on Kai Havertz watch. Uh, let's mm -hmm. quickly move on. Obviously, Brentford Crystal Palace ended in a one-all draw. Uh, Kevin Sharder, amazing goal, and then Joachim oh, Anderson um, with the equalizer. Uh, Everton v Wolves, late, 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 late winner from that tall ass Kalajic. Um, Everton Shut with an L again. I love it. I love to see things like this. Um, yeah. And then there was another one of the top teams who came from behind. Uh, but <laughs> United came from two behind within. Nottingham Forest were two not two no up within six minutes. 
Yeah. Um, Awanini again, uh, bad defending from Rashford, but you know that the way that goal That's happened was expected. just funny. <laughs> yeah. And then Bolly, ball literally just hit his head. He had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> he went in. Um, uh, and then obviously you're at Old Trafford, <clears throat> so it's gonna be a hard task maintaining that for the next eighty-four minutes. Uh, but obviously United, they um, responded pretty quickly afterwards with, uh, who scored? Was it Ericsson? Yeah. Great. Ericsson opened. Yeah. With great, great play from Rashford. Um, Casemiro then in the second half and then Bruno Fernandes penalty to seal the win. Um, I mean, quickly over United, man. Uh, they've, they've huffed and puffed so far. They're currently on, I think, seven points as well or six points. They huffed and puffed. Six, sorry. They huffed and puffed as well so far. So far this season against opposition where uh, you think like they should have collected like an easy nine points. Um, Next week they have Arsenal. What, what, what is your take on United so far? What do you think? So we spoke about this last pod and then Char, who hasn't turned up to this one, but it's bank holiday. No one else does, so fair play. But like, he brought <laughs> some points about how like United have been creating chances, which I didn't actually realise, so it's a fair point. So I think going forward, this was their most impressive game. Like having Rashford back on the left was a world of difference. Like have not having him battling as a nine, it's just not the role for him. And credit to Ten Hag for realising that and not continuing with it um this game could have easily unraveled like you go two nil down within the first five minutes six minutes you are like that's back against the wall but it's almost a, a freeing sense there where it's like right okay we can f- we can throw ourselves at this and rashford was fantastic like bruno has started the season very well mm-hmm. and he was fan he was unplayable today like he was everywhere he was setting chances up now like, he took his penalty quite nicely like I think for the first goal, he took the shot, which then like got saved out, which got it to Rashford as well. So he was everywhere doing what Bruno does. But defensively, they are very shoddy. So you yeah. have you have one Basaka who you've wanted out for ages, who is very good defensively, one-on-one. Not the mm-hmm. best at the back post when he's tracking runners, but like you've got him playing. Rafa Varane came off to start the second half with an injury. So you're now running Lindelof at centre-back. Um, Lissandro Martinez is that butcher is a bit of a fraud. If I found, so, oh, so we're going I there. I don't like him. Damn, I don't like him. I think he's a he's like a the, he's a hazard man, but I I like his. You know what I mean? He's he's gritty. Yeah. He's gritty, but mm. the th- the thing is, like, there was a like match of the day showed it. There was a clip where he got beat. Mm-hmm. And then Casemiro, who's been running for his life these first three games, like not as much <laughs> this time because he had Ericsson who knew to drop back, whereas Mount was continually being pushed forward away from him. Like he didn't mm-hmm. have an ocean to cover. He had most of an ocean to cover. Like he just <laughs> jogged it back. Martinez just jogged it back. And like Forrest were a legitimate attacking frag. Like as much as United you know, won this game, it still wasn't yeah, on the counter. Yeah. 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 And you've got Dalo at left back inverting. He wasn't impressive at all as far no, as I'm concerned. Shit, yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> like this is how bad it is for United. You've got Shaw injured. You're, you've got Malassia injured. You've loaned out Brandon Williams. I mean, he wouldn't have played anyways where it's now like, yeah, Man United are looking at a move for Mark Kukurea. And I saw Alonso as, as well. Man, <laughs> yeah, Marcus Alonso, Sergio Reguilón, Mark Kukurea. <laughs> what? 
Like, none of them are going to solve your problems. Like, don't mm. get me wrong. I, I don't want Ten Hag to hear this because, yes, please take Kukurea away from me. I'd mm. absolutely be fine with that. But, yeah, so United, like, Ten Hag said before the season he wants to create the best transition team in the world with United. Now, going forward, they, they look like they are being very good. Going back like that, they are fragile. Yeah. Like Onana for that first goal for one, what he was doing, <laughs> don't make any sense. And I think for the second goal, I think he should be a lot more authoritative and come and claim that. Yeah. He doesn't. And it's not as if it's his fault, but I think... I think Rashford should have dealt with that. I know Rashford's not a defender, but yeah. he could have easily stuck his leg out. Yeah. I think, in no. my opinion, he could have. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, so the, the Man United Arsenal game, like, firstly, I'm looking forward to the group chat. I will be the Michael Jackson <laughs> meme. Just we will, we will, up. we will be there, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Front row. <laughs> I love these games. Just stir in the pot, boy. Stir just, in the pot. Just quickly on Forest as well. Like last season, they were the team that were that lost the most points whilst being ahead. I think it's like 22 points. Mm. So yeah, United um, obviously knew about this particular statistic, and then took it further and grabbed the dub of course of course they did um and then the last game in the evening on saturday was brighton v west ham surprising win from west ham who started the season very very well with big wins against big teams um top of the Bright league as top, when they won top of the league as well um at that point um i guess a very good brighton side who started the the, the um the season very well as well mm-hmm. um even though it was a convincing 3-1 win, I still left... No, sorry. Even though it was on paper, it looked convincing, I still left with the other team was better. Same way when West Ham beat Chelsea, I thought Brighton were better than West Ham, to be honest, in my opinion. I thought so, man. I thought Brighton, no matter what, they kept going, they still played their thing, but it just wasn't happening for them. And Ariola was in inspired form um, yesterday. Yep. Um, yeah, maybe they were missing something. Antonio, good goal. Um, also a good build up for um Ward Prowse's Ward Prowse's goal. Yeah, and then Bowen as well, very good goal as well. So West Ham. Yeah, go on. I was gonna say that was a that touch that he took down from Ben Rama's ball. Oh, that was. That was fantastic, yeah. West Ham, um, very good to look at as well, man. They work hard, mm. super effective and super direct and clinical. So that's that's the main takeaways that I have from West Ham this season, which which will serve them like, well, man. Th- they are the counterculture club. They don't need the ball. Like, in a yeah. day and age where everyone builds up from the back, Moyes, like, I, I love Moyes. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, but do you know what? We're going to defend our box. We are going to boot that ball forward. Antonio is going to feed on scraps. But when he gets the scraps... He is like he's looking like the Antonio of what was it like two or three years ago when mm-hmm. he was like real top form and when you've got both like and they've got genuine quality in that side like Lucas Pateka if he gets away with this gambling ban quality player yep. Ward Prowse you know he's a set piece magnet Edson Alvarez I think is going to be a very good signing for them where with his ability to tuck into the defense and make it a five and or collect and collect out. yellows for free so yeah exactly like break up that play mm-hmm. brilliantly so. Yeah, like, I mean, I, they absolutely beat us, but watching them beat Brian made me feel a hell of a lot better <laughs> from last week, so yeah. I'll take it. 
Now nah, they're they're a team to watch out for, man. Um, mm. And then let's go on to Sunday. Um, Burnley lost comprehensively to Aston Villa. They didn't watch that game, but Cash got two goals, and then Diaby got the other one. Um, so whoever triple all the six people that triple captain Cash, um, tell me the uh, lottery they, numbers. They need to be on a register. If yeah. you're triple captain Cash, I'm sorry, that's that's not okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> really not okay. I don't know how, why, but yeah. They <laughs> They did it. Um, Sheffield United v Man City. Now, Sheffield United is one of the teams Man City historically can't put away easy. It always ends up with a one-goal difference. And today, it looked like it was going to be another frustrating day. Haaland was extremely frustrated, missed the penalty, but eventually opened the scoring. And then Bogle, with a fantastic smash bottom corner, it did deflect. Uh, and then Rodri, man. Rodri, in my opinion, best player in the league, man. Hands down. I love I love that take. I love that take. He is I love he, him. he's on a different level. Yeah. Full stop. Like, is he one of the six nominated for PFA? Player of the year. Um no, he's not. It was yeah. it was De Bruyne, Haaland, Salah, Saka, Stones, and Odegaard. Oh Salah again. Is Salah been nominated? I think Salah got nominated. Mad. But yeah, for me personally, Rodri man last season was Probably one of the best in the world, man. So he's so clutch, man. Both ends, defensively and going forward. When they when they need a goal, Champions League final, he scored. Um, even um the last game of the season where Liverpool could have won the league, he scored. You know what I mean? Yep. So this guy, man, Rodri, give my flowers to you. Yeah, uh, like what yeah. I like about him is very strange, but like touch his shirt in. Like he, he's just got like that. Old no, no look. tattoos, no earrings, no, yeah. no. Listen, student accommodation. No I'm playing. <laughs> Get the ball, move it. Also, I got it wrong. It's not Salah that was nominated. It was Kane. Of course, it was mm. Kane. That's my bad. Sorry, yeah. Calvin. They should have. They should have. They should have taken in uh, Rodri, man. Obviously, he's a DM, so you don't look at him. Yeah. But he's been super, super effective for City this past two seasons. Yeah. Um. So yeah, shout out Rodri, man. Scored the winner. Fuck City, but we move. Um, last game of the eve, last game of the day. Um, Newcastle v Su- Newcastle v Sunday. Newcastle v Liverpool, uh, which ended in a two-one win for Liverpool. Now, prior to this game, obviously, I I, I confer with my Liverpool comrades. You know, St James's Park is actually like Anfield to us. Like, not in a sense of like we go there and we blow them away, but in a sense of we go there and collect three points. Like, I can't remember us losing there for a very long time to be honest and I remember having good games there as well so uh, so you know prior to this game I was fairly confident of a win when the game started however <laughs> I was like what the fuck is this because yeah we looked shit like absolutely shit Trent yeah yeah go on go on I, I was just gonna say it felt very much like the whistle went and Newcastle with the crowd and they are an extremely hardworking team but they came flying out the traps at you guys and it looked as if Liverpool had just come off the coach mate the, like, the intensity was not there oh my days I don't understand uh, Trent was half asleep I mean his first yellow I think was very harsh because that should have been yep, a foul I agree he got pushed but yeah don't throw the ball away nowadays and then he should have been off because that was basically obstruction uh, yeah, what do you think I, I think the ref I think you Chris don't want to ruin the game like, too early. Yeah, yeah, like you're you've sort of you've given him a very soft yellow. I think he's 
he's given the rules and at the end of the day if the ref had sent him off I don't think anyone has any complaints and you exactly. like you said it you don't either but then yeah he's sort of gone right look mate I've already given you a soft yellow so that's it now like next time which I think is good refereeing to be yeah. honest like he's given him a chance yeah yeah because I think the whole like unspoken rule of once you're on a yellow that's it you can't make another foul is a bit I, I'm not the biggest fan. Like, don't get me wrong. When it goes against Chelsea, I'm like, that's absolute bullshit. Of course I am. Like, that's how tribal f- football should be. <laughs> but when like, I, I think it's, it's bad refereeing to start by giving him a yellow, like acting because he should have called a foul the other way. But then the acting petulance, like I'm pretty for that overall. I think the refs have got a bit too far the other way. But yeah, I think yeah. that's. I hope that's correctable. I mean, after what Mike Dean said about his VAR May, decision, may um, all that throw this prem in a bin, man. What they are, yeah. But yeah, that's that's like, a, that's a, that's for another day, man. These yes, comments, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to get this riled on a Sunday evening. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, you can't have complaints if Trent got sent off. But ultimately, I do think the ref made the right decision in going right. Come on, like. We're five minutes in now, pal. You've all you could like saying to him, you could be off. Calm down. That's yeah. it. That's your last warning, and move on. And then the rest of the game, he was pretty decent. I thought. Uh, no, 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 no. Because ten minutes after that, he made a huge again concentration error. Cannot pull up because you're gonna say Salah shouldn't have. Salah shouldn't have passed it there to him. Salah shouldn't have. Shut up. Trent should just focus for 90 minutes, for goodness that, sake. Yeah, that Trent, like, that's schoolboy. That, that, that's that is legitimately just school. You, it's, do you know, like, when you're watching a sport, like, I don't know, like, like I'll say, like, basketball or something, and you see the players just not catch the ball because they're looking away from the ball. Yeah, as yeah. Because they're trying to think of the next pass. And yeah. it's like, no, sort yourself out first. Get the touch on the ball, go, and... And that, he was on a yellow. The, he couldn't yeah, bring the, Gordon down at that point. No. So that, that's hope. all Trent's fault. Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing Allison that could do. Van Dyke and Mat- Matip obviously isn't getting there, Mm-mm. especially against Gordon. Like, Gordon took that finish well. He scored a goal that wasn't Great massively finish. deflected. Yeah. So, like, him, like, doing, like, touching the badge and everything. I'm like, oh, mate, you've been there, like, <laughs> six months. Like, get over yourself. Nah. Um, but I think, I think but, playing against Liverpool, because he's an Everton boy, right? So maybe that yeah, kind yeah. of kind of but um i think since then um I, to be honest man i'm gonna say the whole game i felt like um in th- when it was 11 v 11 they won they definitely won the midfield battle it, maybe across the whole game they won the midfield battle up until obviously the last moments uh but i don't think like they sustained enough pressure against us which i expected so now especially after the van Dyke red card which we both agree that was a red right 50 yeah, 50, yeah, but like, you can, you know, you gave the referee decision to make. No, I, I got no complaints. It's not similar yeah, to McAllister. So that's a red card. We agree with that. So after that, it was all um, Newcastle, but it was like they were just like trying to toy with us and trying to, yeah, keep possession, but not really threatening us. They had like their chances, of course. Um, that, ma- the, that amazing save from what's his name? Um, Allison. Yeah. Um, he made a few. A few other good saves to be honest but um yeah I, I didn't feel like because i expected them in the second half to come come out of guns blazing you know how crystal palace did to arsenal yes that's what i was expecting but it was far from that i i think this is the 
problem that Newcastle, given their current squad, are going to run into in the next stage of their development. Because last year, it's not as if they were the underdogs, but they weren't necessarily to do... Like, they predicted they were going to be 10th and they finished 4th. Like, they had an amazing season, but they weren't... They were considered favourites for this, isn't it? Yeah, no. whereas, like, you're a man up at home against Liverpool who, like, have looked shaky going back for uh, quite a while now. They're without their talisman, that is Van Dijk. So you're going against Joe Gomez. You're going against Matip. Joel Matip. You're going against Robbo and Trent. Like, there, there is yeah. space to be had there with a defensive midfielder in Endo who could be very good, but ultimately was a backup signing. Mm-hmm. And they just could not break you down. For love yeah. of money, you had, like... Gimaros, we know he's a creative six, but he's not a creative eight. You had Tonali and Joe Linton, whose best attributes are running and physicality and athleticism. Well, unlocking which, which, which I think, which I think, especially Joe Linton did really well. To be honest, I think Armoron down this channel caused a lot of problems. Um, yeah. Gordon, since that goal, didn't really do much. Um, I think he had like one shot on goal, which he kind of miskicked, which was unfortunate. Harvey yeah, Barnes, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I felt like uh, it was lacking, basically. That's what it was. So as long as that was happening, I was like, there's a chance. So obviously, um, then the, the Darwin Nunez comes in. Darwin Nunez and who else came in at the same time? Because those were those were the good... Um, was it your centre-back? Like, you're really young Yeah, Jarrell Kwanzaa came in. He, he looked pretty decent, I'll be he honest. Looks he, good, looked, yeah. he looked good, man. He looked, he looked good, man, even at preseason. But yeah, as soon as he came in, we became more direct, but we kept, we became more solid in midfield and we started pressing. And that's yeah. what and that's what made me happy. So as soon as that happened, we got, uh, obviously, um, McAllister, what's his side? McAllister tried to, or Sobosla, one of them, tried to pass it to uh, Darwin. Um, obviously, Botman intercepted it, but for some reason, it ended up in Darwin's feet. Darwin said, thank you. It was still a very acute angle. I was like, Darwin, please hit it hard and on target and we're in. And he did exactly that. Net. one all. I was about to say, yo, I'm taking this point, man. Yeah. <laughs> I like Running. at that point. Yeah. I thought, you know what? Um, Klopp is going to, but we, we couldn't change anymore, but he's going to lock it up. Put everyone behind, but apart from um, Nunez. But no, we kept going. We kept going. And that's, that's you know what? I want to give credit to Klopp for that because he made positive changes. He clearly wanted to go for the win based on the substitutions yeah. he's made, even though we were down with 10 men. So for me, I don't know how you see it. For me, this is a Klopp masterclass, man. Even though yeah. Sench, we have to give him his credit and every other, every other player out there for Liverpool as well for holding it down. But Klopp for, for his bravery, man. I have to give it to him, man. So Klopp played that magnificently, as far as I'm concerned. I think, yeah, his substitutes were right on time because the longer the game went and the further Newcastle pushed forward and the more they got tired, because that happens in games, mm-hmm. the more of a threat Darwin was going to be. Now, nope. both of those finishes, Darwin of last year misses. He drags facts. them both wide. That is just a fact. So whatever he's worked on in preseason, whether it's composure, technique, whichever, whatever he's done preseason worked as far as i'm concerned regards to that because those finishes even even like the pressure of it is so difficult not many not many strikers are doing that twice at that moment 100 (laughs) percent not especially against like nick pope who is 
one of the best pure keepers in the league. Like, so, so before you go on, how much blame do you put on Nick Pope then for both those goals? Because he should be looked at as well. Or were they just very good finishes? No keepers. I think the enough. first one especially is just more of a good finish. Like that's what, like inside of the post. Like mm-hmm. that is the furthest point. From, yeah. yeah. The second one, maybe a bit more. But at the end of the day, like I think a, a one-on-one, I rarely... Like depends on how the keeper looks. Like you, oh, you don't back Inano the keeper against. Yeah, yeah. You look at no Anano against Nottingham Forest. I know it's a lot easier, it's a lot harder angle for him. But he's literally ended up on the floor with his hands behind him, and he's still <laughs> got a hand to the shot, but pushed yeah. it more into the net. Whereas Pope, yes, you can cover that, but they were both very good finishes. They're both very hard struck. Like I personally look at the midfield in the defense there. Like why are you allowing in a game in which you have a man advantage counters of three on three? Mm-hmm. That is incredibly poor structure. There yeah. is something that's gone wrong there, whether mm-hmm. it's communication between the back line to cover that or whatever. So Newcastle managed that horribly. I am so happy I got to see Tyndall and Howe get shushed. <laughs> like that was hilarious. Great banner from Klopp there as much yeah. as I hate to say that. But yeah, Klopp played it magnificently and like Liverpool deserved the points at the end of it. Like Newcastle, as soon as they as soon as Van Dyke was off, it's not as if they sat on their laurels, but they didn't do enough to break you down, full stop. Like that's not good enough at this day and age when Newcastle, especially against lower teams, like when they go away to teams like Palace or I don't know, like lower level teams like Everton or Everton, not really because they'll break them down easily, but you are expected to dominate the ball and create all the chances. Hard work is not going to get you all the way. You're going to have a, have to have a bit of guile. And Eddie Howe's already said, we're done in the transfer window. So where is that internal improvement going to come from? For me, it's, one thing they will do is either you can get rid of Tonali or Jolinton. I don't think you're going to do either because, like you said, I think they were both very good. Mm-hmm. In which case, I think Dan Byrne has to come off and you play Lewis Hall. Like yeah. you play an attack. He was in the stands, isn't it? I yeah, thought I like, expected him to play, but yeah. He once he once he usurps Dan Byrne and gets a more attacking left back on there, Newcastle become a new threat because you've got a wider threat from there because you know Dan Byrne's not going to do anything. You like. Anthony Gordon should have been ripping apart Trent that whole game. He yeah, didn't because he was he constantly did. two on one because they could double up because Dan Byrne isn't going to do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Newcastle have to look at themselves, but obviously, as a Liverpool fan, I don't really care about that. Um, <laughs> I'm particularly happy for um, Darwin Nunes as well because for all his sh- shambolic movements that he did last season man there's a reason why we bought him in it and even the season or, or the reason why we bought him the season that he had for Benfica that's that's why I'm looking that's the Darwin that I'm looking to see at Liverpool so hopefully they will this will kickstart um his season um I don't know if he will start the next game but why not man uh yeah. but yeah let's head over to the bar I know you got some shots for me because I certainly do <laughs> um yeah I mean First of all, I think you'll take one with me to the Spanish women's team, like we said at the start of the pod, but I hope this situation gets resolved ASAP so they can actually celebrate. So my shot is just for them to actually be able to celebrate. Mm-hmm. And then, 
Yeah, I I think my shot has to go to Conor Gallagher, man. Like as much Ooh. as Sterling's been impressive and Enzo and like Levi Colwell looks like the defender we all think Levi Colwell will be, for example. Like Conor Gallagher has been the most derided player in this squad since Mason Mount left. Chelsea Twitter has been begging to get him out so we can get Zhao Felix of all people back, which makes me detest some people truly. <laughs> like uh, it's a lot of muting that goes on when that sort of conversation happens. But like the kid wants to be there and shows it and continues to just perform full mm-hmm. stop. No Thanks. frills, no excuses, get in there, get the job done, go home. So my main shot goes out to big CG. I hope he stays in the squad for a long time. Yeah, man. Uh, obviously got two shots. One goes for how can I be homophobic? Central C Sench, <laughs> AKA Darwin Nunez coming up clutch. I'd like to see more of that. This is what we bought you for. We, you know, you, you only played 12 minutes and I think it was the exact right time that Klopp put him in because he had the fire in his belly. Plus the defenders were tired as well. And, you know, Klopp, uh, I'm sorry, Sench and the runs in behind. At least that part, he's cash money. One of the best in the league. Him and, him and Rashford, they got that on lock. So both, both of those finishes, great finishes, man. Um, and yeah, man, I hope, hope to see more. So yeah, happy for happy for Sench and then Jurgen Klopp, my Jurgen Klopp masterclass. I mean, in situations like this, especially last season, I think he would have just settled for the point, or he would he would have just uh, done damage control and not like try to concede more. But obviously, he saw chances here. He saw that Newcastle weren't really peppering us. We kept Newcastle's main men um, reasonably quiet, even though um, Allison had a lot to do. Um, and then in the last moments, he thought, let's go for it. And even at that point, we were losing. So, you know, um, credit to Klopp, man, for, for, for doing that, because this is what I believe in. You have to go for it. You have to go to these places and aim to win. St. James's Park is basically Anfield. We ain't lost there in Yonks. So, yeah, my long may that continue, man. And, and let's, let's go for a convincing win next season, next, next game. Yep. Fair play, man. Fair play. All right. Let's. Get out of here, man. Thank you guys for listening to the pod. By the way, um, by the time you guys will listen to this, it will be my youngest son's birthday. He'll be three years old. So happy birthday, Elijah. If you're listening to this, you probably won't. But happy birthday to you. Uh, My name is Andrew. I was joined by Jake and we are out. Peace. Peace. Happy birthday, Elijah. Okay, hi.